Everything is designed on the average male measurement, except for two things, which are... Tampons? No. Tampons. <laughs> Those actually can fit up any asshole. <laughs> what I was going to say is... <laughs> Sorry. Shopping carts and kitchen utensils. Like, you mm. guys, seriously. Seriously. <laughs> so when we go to the gym and pick up a barbell... That's based on male measurements. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Living 4D with Paul Check. Today, I pass the helm to my amazing wife, Penny Crozier, the mother of the Check Institute. Our incredible guest today, here to share what it means to own 2021 as a woman, are Angie Check, also my wife, director of the Check Institute's Holistic Lifestyle Coaching Program, a highly trained and skilled shaman healer, nutritionist, artist, author, and mother. Joe Rushton, chef, Australian TV celebrity, artist, author, mystic, mother, and Czech Institute instructor. Nicole Devaney, Czech Institute instructor, former professional dancer, shaman healer, and mother. Sarah Rybczynski, formerly Sarah Gustafson, an entrepreneur, healer, mother, artist, educator, writer, speaker, and Czech instructor. Ashley Mazrek, Czech Institute instructor, mother, athlete, and an outright amazing teacher. Amy Fournier, Czech professional, dance and exercise teacher, businesswoman, entrepreneur, presenter, and writer. If you are a man, this may be the most important podcast you will ever listen to, particularly if you're still trying to understand women or the women in your personal life. If you are a woman, this may be the most important podcast you will ever listen to because you are about to hear and learn from and be inspired by seven of the most amazing, honest, complete women I have ever met and worked with and shared the beauty and challenges of life with in my entire life. Each of these amazing women have touched my heart and soul deeply. Two of these women are my wives, Angie Check and Penny Crozier, who is the facilitator of this incredible exploration and what it means for a woman to own her 2021. Through their individual careers and their work as instructors and leaders in the Czech Institute, these women have not only improved holistic health and exercise education, they have touched countless lives with their love, wisdom, and guidance. And all of them have made and do make the world a better place for all living beings each day. Men, it's time to get out your notepad and pen so that you can learn a lot more about what it takes to be and what it means to be a woman in the world today. I encourage all of you to take the wisdom you gain into your hearts and share it with all the amazing women of your life and the world. They truly deserve our utmost love and respect for the world would surely implode without them. Women, you are about to learn how important it is to honor, love, and respect yourself and get permission from seven of the most powerful, incredible, accomplished women I know to just be, to be yourself, to create inner freedom, and to use your power of choice even in the throes of life's most intense challenges. This is sure to be a podcast you will want to share widely. Enjoy the deep wisdom of Penny, Angie, Sarah, Joe, Nicole, Ashley, and Amy. Well, hello and welcome to a very special edition of Living 4D with Paul Check, uh, where we don't actually have Paul Check as the main item. Uh, today, we're going to be hearing from six fabulous women in the Czech universe, uh, and 
I'm going to ask them, what it does it mean for them to own 2021? So I'm going to introduce each of the six ladies that we have online here, and um, then we'll go around the room and we'll ask them about owning 2021. So first of all, we have Angie Czech, who's Czech faculty member. Hey, Penny, how are you doing? Doing good. We have Sarah Rybczynski. Yeah. who is the author of our uh, the Czech Institute's fabulous Holistic Health and Performance for Women course. Hi, how are you? We have Nicole Devaney, who is another one of our Czech faculty members. Hello, nice to be here. And then joining us online, we have Joe Rushton, all the way from Australia, another of our Czech faculty members. Hi, everybody. Uh, we have Ashley Masaryk from Florida, another Czech faculty member. Hello, happy to be here. And Amy Fournier from the East Coast, who is a longtime Czech professional uh, with her own training facility over there on the East Coast. Hi, Amy. Hello, hello, everyone. Great. So, first of all, let's do a little round robin in the order that I just introduced everybody, just to make it easier. What does it mean for you to own 2021? Hmm. All right. Well, uh, for me to own 2021, I actually have two kids. I have a four-year-old and a one-year-old. So to own 2021 would uh, mean that I have the ability to mother appropriately. So having the space also outside of motherhood to meditate and bring myself into more of a Zen mind so that I can mother at the level of mothering that I feel is right for a child. And, you know, having a successful balance between the mothering and my business and my career, because I do love teaching for the Czech Institute. I do love coaching with my clients. And so there's that balance. And so when I, for me to own it, I, was, I would look at 2021 and say, yeah, I am being a, a fabulous mom when I'm not working. Um, when I'm working, I'm a fabulous teacher, a fabulous coach. Um, and, uh, you know, for me, that also to be fabulous means I am having the time to meditate, as I said, having the time to be grounded. Uh, for me, I love to walk my labyrinth. So having time to go out there and walk the labyrinth is really important for me to kind of ground. So when I look at 2021, I'm just looking at it as a snapshot and I see myself walking that, meditating, um, having time to read books that inspire me. You know, I love books that uh, make my brain go, wow, I want to think more about that, you know. And so I, when I own 2021, I have time for creative outbursts and pursuits as well as the things I've already shared. So that's in a nutshell what my 2021 looks like. Great. Sarah? Well, um, so I would love to own 2021 by really refining my balance of the four doctors as I feel like that has definitely kind of um, my rituals and my practices and my you know routine got thrown upside down in 2020 and uh, you know we do the best we can of course we've got all this nature to explore and enjoy but I really want to get back to like a really good routine that I had and keeping everything balanced um, also owning 2021, it's actually so funny to even say that. <laughs> I can't <laughs> believe it's 2021. 
Um, like Angie, I, I really want to get more into my feminine and my, you know, really developing, current developing feminine archetypes. And one of those is mother. Even though I've been a mother for 15 years, um, that archetype is really, really um, developing right now. And I want to connect with that and just spend a lot of time in nature. And I also think I'm going to own 2021 when I get a full eight hours of sleep instead of six to seven. Uh, that's really a big goal of mine. Fabulous. Nicole. It's interesting because like Angie said, you know, owning 2021, it's like coming after 2020, which I think we all experienced this massive upheaval mm -hmm. in like knowing, like a lot of people really don't know right now. And there's all of this concept of great spirit. But I think when we work with great spirit, we forget the feminine half of that, which is the great mystery, like not really knowing. And that was thrown at all of us this last year. And so um, I like the idea of goals, but also intentions. And as a mother, uh, as a mother of an older daughter, it's, it's nice because I have a little bit more time. And for me, when there was that moment where we all thought, well, what if this is a pandemic and what is going to happen? And what about tomorrow? I really got thrown into the present and thrown into gratitude for the things that feel like a daily chore, walking the dog, doing the dishes. Like It was so beautiful to have that frozen in time feeling. I think we're all so busy with going and doing. And it didn't mean that I stopped going or doing, but in all of the doing, I found this level of gratitude that I think that you get when somebody that you know close to you passes or you're told that you might have a terminal illness and all of a sudden every day is a gift. And so for me to truly own 2021 and every year beyond this is to live it as present as possible and in the space with as much gratitude for whatever's coming because I really do feel like we're in this um, great mystery and it is the feminine coming in to balance that masculine of great spirit. Great. And you're, you're anticipating my next question, so which I'm not going to ask you yet. So let's go down to Joe. What does it mean for you to own 2021? Mm. Well, I so resonated with what Nicole had just shared with us. And, you know, I sit very much on that spectrum of going more and more into that voidal space. I think 2020 was an incredibly busy, busy year of, in our line of work, reaching out to more people, offering more support. And within that, in the latter half of the year, there's been this huge pull for me to to go inwards and sit more in that voidal space and go more deeply within sitting and receiving and really receiving more of the guidance as to what 2021 needs to be for me, um, but really far more from a deep inner space rather than the mind or the ego driving what those goals might be or 
what it is that we want to take action on in our life and really sit in the voidal space of receiving. So for me, 2021 is going to be more of that, going to be more of a balancing between the being and the doing, more time for my own creative work, more time for bringing through what I love to do, but in in more more creative ways. And I've just found that in 2020, it's been an, a really beautiful, joyful experience of going deeply within and, and receiving that and really surrendering. So I think for me, 2021 is a continual path of surrendering to the mystery and really allowing my guidance to show me what will unfold in 2021. There's lots of exciting projects, but it's really looking at that co-creation, collaboration and cooperation with my divine presence and uh, allowing the highest potential to unfold from that place. Wonderful. And Ashley, what does it mean for you? Well, what is 2021? All of the responses I couldn't agree with more, and they all do resonate with me. The first idea that uh, comes about that question is it feels like I don't own anything and I don't want to own anything. As much as my ego would like for me to believe that I do, I have worked really hard to try to not attach to things, people, to people getting better through my own coaching, my ideas, and my programming. It has been a process of attaching to others, uh, not attaching to their uh, values. I still catch myself hearing old programming through parents about what I need to do and what I don't need to do. And I sit with myself on a daily basis about just letting go and just being apart from any kind of attachment to anything. So my journey continues to sever attachments and ownership to clients' needs and wants, to embrace my children's needs, meaning for them to be who they are versus who I want them to be, or even for them to have the same values that I have. It's about me attending, accepting, acknowledging, and to allow and see the jokes on me if I think I can own or control anything, which in the past I have, and I have seen, I have seen the destruction of my own ways. This is what my vision of every year would look like. It is to feel satiated with knowing that I have embraced ideas of continually uh, attending, acknowledging, and accepting what great spirit has to offer as it creates the greater good to my growth. If I were to own 2021, it would be about me, if anything, owning my sense of peace, my peace and then balance, like it's been said before, focusing on that balance to serve me, only me, reaching my highest potential, and then taking responsibility for my own happiness. It's about who I am and who I want to be in this lifetime being secure in that image that I have created, and becoming aware of a different projection, if so, and why. 
which always leads to a greater knowing, doesn't it, about the growth of ourself, if we can actually look at it. It's about me sitting back to witness and to be okay with me, forgiving me first and continuing to love me and seeking the truth of what is. 2021 will be about supporting everyone's own personal growth because I have a contract with those that surround me and understanding that it's all about the journey for us to grow and to ultimately be better in ourself. That feels like a that feels like a beautiful 2021 movie for me that I want to own, to witness and participate in this next year. And in this moment, eh, I think that's what's truest for me. Wow. I'm I'm thinking my goals for 2021 are need a little revisiting right now. Um, <laughs> Amy, would you like to round it off for us? What does, uh, what does it mean for you to own 2021? Yeah, wow, that's all so beautiful. I love what everyone said. It sounds like we're all really aligned because, um, you know, when we're recording this, we're still in the midst of the pandemic. And globally, we're all in such a state of questioning everything, I think. And so many of our ideas and beliefs are now up in the air and and we're all analyzing our choices and becoming conscious of, you know, what is really my choice and what is maybe some kind of imposed upon me programming or belief from someone else. So it can be a scary time for a lot of people, but it can also be a beautiful time because it's like an awakening, if you will, for us to all have a real opportunity to really get clear on who we are and who we want to be and being really our true authentic self and being able to analyze, you know, what what is really my conscious choice? What, you know, the way I'm living my life, is this a way that I chose for me or just something I started doing automatically because that's what my parents did. That's what my family did. That's what my community does. And I think as women, we've struggled with trying to always take care of everybody else. And I know I like to call myself a reformed people pleaser. Mm. (laughs) At least I'm working on it. And, you know, we we want everyone to be happy. And I've struggled with, uh, you know, trying to win approval and conditional love and all these things. So I just feel like it's a scary time, but it's a beautiful time because everything is kind of up in the air and being questioned for its validity and its truth. And it's giving us the opportunity to get clear on what's important to us and then be able to walk our talk, live our values and analyze our lives and our daily choices because our life is right now. You know, we hear this talk about the present But the present is right now. And am I living my truth? Am I speaking from my heart at this very moment and what's real to me? And that's a question we can ask ourselves from moment to moment. And when I think about, okay, owning 2021, well, to me, that implies some sort of conscious choice and a feeling that I do have some sort of sovereignty over my life, some sort of personal power. But I love what everyone said about there's this real issue going on now with the masculine feminine balance, I think, in the planet. And, you know, how much sovereignty do I have 
and how much collectively do we have together and what is the balance of the great polarities of the give and take you know where where am i receiving where am i giving where's that balance and that's the masculine feminine that i think we're collectively all addressing now so for me owning that would be to learn the discretion to know how to walk that fine line between giving and receiving and living my truth, living true to my soul's values and setting up my life in a way that, that I can be authentically me and allow everyone else to be authentically them for that matter. <laughs> That's a great point, allowing others to be themselves as well as allowing yourself to be yourself. Thank you all for, for that sort of round robin Hi, everybody. I want to use this quick break to tell you about a special Black Friday offer we've prepared as part of our own 2021 event. As health professionals, we often encounter obstacles and roadblocks that make our mission harder, sometimes even stopping us in our tracks. The most common roadblock is lack of knowledge, or better said, lack of in-depth holistic knowledge. The traditional healthcare system has sadly brainwashed most health practitioners into a state of conformity where authentic and real connection with oneself, nature, and others aren't present. I hate to see this because my mission is to help the world one person at a time, and the medical mindset stops coaches from being authentic, practicing true healing, and owning their life. To combat this, I've decided to offer special discounted access to all my holistic lifestyle coaching and integrated movement science advanced training programs. These advanced training programs will teach you everything you need to know to start coaching yourself to become the best version of you and to coach your clients to levels of success neither you nor they imagine possible, all while creating financial freedom for yourself. I've distilled all the things I've learned in four decades of professional experience and research, and I've seen that what my students can do with that training is truly amazing. It's truly gratifying to see my students create so much change in themselves and in the world. Beyond the advanced trading programs, we're also offering a 20% discount on our digital products as well as check-approved partner products. For updates, keep your eye on your email inbox and our social media. If you really want to own your year and your legacy, make the most out of this Black Friday event. You can get a head start on that right now by pre-registering for the advanced training programs of your choice at checkinstitute.com forward slash own 2021. That's C-H-E-K Institute dot com forward slash own in small case 2021 let's own 2021 together a whole great spirit so let's walk go into some of our discussion questions and some of you have touched on this in in your own owning 2021 but what does it truly mean for a woman to own her own destiny whether that's her health her family, her goals, herself. Um, some of you, as I said, touched on that already. And are these challenges that women face, are they different than men? Who'd like to start there? I don't mind jumping in. <laughs> Go ahead. It's a really interesting question, Penny. And, you know, I've, I've sat with this and... In the last couple of years, I've had this amazing opportunity to take a group of men through a spiritual self-mastery course. And they've taught me so much. They've, you know, it's been this beautiful experience of bringing me to a place now where I would answer a question like that 
from something that I'm experiencing more and more, and it's less about gender. And this is my personal experience, is that I don't know that there are too many, if any, differences between um, owning your goals, your career, your aspirations, whether you're a man or a woman, because what I'm finding is that the journey is about balancing the divine masculine and the divine feminine. And whether we, whether we have a vagina or a penis and a set of balls, um, we are still learning how to step into and embrace our divine masculine and step into and embrace our divine feminine, regardless of our gender. And, you know, again, regardless of our gender, I feel that we all experience various illusions and delusions and separations from the consciousness of our divine masculine and the consciousness of our divine feminine. And so whether or not we're sitting in, as a female, sitting in the disempowerment of our divine masculine, struggling to take action, struggling for clarity and direction, struggling for the ability to make right choices, taking right action in our life, or whether or not we struggle as a man to come into embracing our divine feminine consciousness, our ability to sit and deeply receive guidance rather than acting from the ego. So both of these, you know, as we are taught in the Czech um, system, the, the two forces that we're learning to balance regardless of our gender, I feel that for myself, sitting in the feminine gender uh, currently, <laughs> I... Uh, I've really been on a very deep journey of learning to embrace the divine masculine, come out of the um, distortion of the divine masculine and come into its higher polarity um, and really understand what it is to take responsibility for the choices we're making, what it is to take responsibility for what it is that we create through our choice and what is co-creation, what is collaboration, what is it to co-create with our own group consciousness within ourselves and what is it to come and bring our own group consciousness and co-create with that of our communities or working environments or even within our family. And then I'm having an amazing experience this year with going more deeply into receiving within my feminine consciousness and really starting to feel the frequency of that voidal space opening so I can feel the difference between when I'm receiving from my mind versus the higher polarity or vibration consciousness of my heart. And when the two come together, when I can bring that <coughs> voidal that voidal frequency of, of the feminine and be clear with that guidance and embrace that with my divine masculine and actually take action on that guidance, take right action that serves the all. And that's been the biggest lesson for me. And I, I, I feel that that's the same no matter what gender we, we, we sit in today. I feel that whether we are male or female, 
whether we're in corporate, whatever field we're in, where we might feel that as a female we are up against the masculine consciousness, well, what, what do we really mean by that? What are we up against? Because really you're up against your own divine masculine and what the law of reflection is showing you about your own power and how you are working with your own power, where you're feeling out of balance or disempowered in your divine masculine. And if you're coming up against challenges with a lot of other males within your environment, then it's a beautiful opportunity to actually ask, where am I out of balance with my own divine masculine? So I guess I have a, a, a different thought and feeling as to how I myself have come into embracing my goals and my aspirations. And it's been very much a personal journey of, of developing and balancing the divine masculine, divine feminine consciousness. And uh, as I've done that, I've seen, I've seen less and less about it being whether or not I feel I've got more or less as a woman and what the challenges are as a woman out there. So that's kind of my first thoughts and feelings on that question. Nicole, I know you have something you want to add there. Well, thank you so much for saying what you did, Joe. It reflected again. <laughs> I think we're all on this like same consciousness loop. I wrote down the answer to how to uh, own my destiny. And I thought, well, this isn't gender biased. I mean, in the end, it's responsibility. You know, taking ownership for our creations, the good and the bad. And when we do that, it equals opportunity to heal and grow and ultimately like create our personal heaven on earth. And one of the things I love about the Czech system that really grew me through the process of 10 years of classes is that it taught me how to define what heaven is for me. And I feel that it comes down to a question in every moment for myself is what brings me joy now and blesses my future self and blesses the planet. And that to me feels like looking into everything I'm about to do with the responsibility and owning what it is. And so sometimes I'm not always driving really hard towards goals or intentions. And sometimes laying down and putting my belly on the grass is a lot more about bringing me joy now and it does bless my future self. And other times I stay up past 10 and I'm looking at a computer screen with my glasses <laughs> because I'm inspired to bring the gifts of healing and uh, the wisdom that's coming through the work that we do. And so responsibility, thank you so much for saying that. And it's not gender biased. And that is true. I did phrase the question as binary gender, male versus female, but we do acknowledge that many people, many people don't identify as binary or are, are gender fluid. And what, uh, what Joe said about the divine masculine, the divine feminine that live within us all applies to, to everybody. Um, Sarah, did you want to jump in there? Yeah, well, I was looking at you because I was, I love what you were saying. And I looked up and I was like, you're pretty. <laughs> <laughs> so that wasn't a look like my turn. <laughs> I was just admiring you. But um, I, um, 
I really love what Nicole and Joe said. I really do. Um, and when, as soon as Nicole said, I think we're all on the same loop here, everything in me just like got hot and was like, nope, I'm not. <laughs> Definitely not on the same loop. Because I'm still, it's very, was speaking about feminine and masculine, I'm still very in my masculine. And um, what I, even writing the course for the Czech Institute, um, holistic health and performance for women, I included archetypes. And it's very, I know um, intellectually and spiritually, emotionally, even physically, that it is very important to be in touch with your feminine. And so this is just going to be my journey and my lesson to get into that. But coming from a very intellectual, masculine um, body, uh, I am all about wanting to empower women and help them find their destiny. And again, it's about uh, what is their destiny. Um, it's not about owning it, but creating it. And that's a very feminine thing to do, just create it and not own it and continue to create it. And that includes your health. I don't like the word goals. Um, I feel like goals just it makes it seem like it's um that uh, like some sort of outcome that may or may not happen it's my goal I don't like that I don't like the word and so maybe just getting rid of that word for me personally is um and what I would I, I don't like I, I don't like saying goals to any of my female clients I say we're gonna put this down and write it down as if it has already happened and you know when we create a destiny, uh, well, for us, it's the dream, right? What is your dream? And so create that. Make that your destiny. The only reason why I do um, feel like I'm not on the same wavelength here in the same loop is because I do feel that women have things very different. I wouldn't say are they different challenges um, overall, but I think in terms of creating and being persistent and being consistent in pursuing that destiny is it it provides a lot of different not challenges but I think women have to do very many different things when they have created a, a mindset of this is what I want this is what I'm going to get, and this is what I'm going to be. There are a lot of challenges. For what? Okay, for one, before I just go ranting, 75% of unpaid labor worldwide is performed by women. And so, and that includes working women. Does uh, that include mothers? The, of course, it includes mothers, but it includes working mothers too. They are still in that, you know, that group of performing unpaid labor. So they're working, getting paid, and then going home and doing more labor, but not paid. And so that's worldwide. It's 75% of women perform all the un unpaid labor, whether it's in the home or, or anywhere else. And so when you think about, you know, a woman who is, she has decided, this is my dream. This is what I need to do in order to pursue that dream and make that a reality and create it and continue and continue to create it, 
she's got to jump over a lot of things. And many of that is, yes, motherhood, career, family, relationships, all can be very similar to men. However, if there are two, uh, a man and a woman who are married or, or, you know, co-creating their dream together, and maybe they have children in the same house and, you know, again, both working, the woman is the most likely to take off work when the child is sick or the pets have to go to the veterinarian or there's, you know, repairs being done at the home and things that need to be done and holidays to plan and birthdays to plan and aging parents. So it's usually the woman who has to take that sacrifice and take on that role. And statistically, you know, go look it up. I'm not trying to say that women just, you know, boo-hoo and woe is all of us, but these are facts. And as we've all been talking, like the feminine is coming out and it is, you know, emerging to bring balance to all of this. And I do agree with that. And I'm actually, I'm very excited about that, but we are all still operating under very healthy and toxic masculine conditioning, like look where we came from. So we can have all these intentions to bring forward this feminine. We have to be aware of the conditioning that we're operating under and understand that, you know, you look at the facts, you look that, you look at the fact that women do tend to take that, those sacrifices. And I, when I see those statistics, I see conditioning. And I was in the hospital with my daughter one day and it was actually when I was developing the course for the Czech Institute and I had a, um, a conference call with Matt Walden and Gavin and I had to take it and I wasn't going to not take it, but my daughter was in the hospital. So I went to the hospital and I'm visiting her and I'm emailing them saying, give me a few minutes waiting for the doctor to get in the room. And you know, the doctor came and then I told him I'm going to have to take a, a conference call and I need the Wi-Fi. Um, or is there a good place I can take this call? And he looked at me and I'm not kidding. This is a true story. I emailed Matt afterwards. He said, you mean you can't take that conference call another time? And that was just to me, I said, I'm probably I could, but these people are from around the world and, and you know, it would be difficult, but he didn't know, right? But I probably could have, but I choose not to because I know what my dream is. I know what I need to get done and I want to balance that. But I share that story to point out the conditioning that we still operate under. And he's a great doctor and he helped us, but he made me feel as though my family duties must take front and center no matter what. And if I am balancing my family duties with my professional duties, something's wrong with me. So I asked that doctor if he had a wife who also was an ER doctor, and then there was a family emergency who would go home. And he looked at me and he nodded yes. Like he didn't say anything, but he was nodding yes. And then walked out because he understood at that point that men don't raise their hand to, I'm not saying all, I'm not going to be very, you know, fact about that, but you know, 
for the most part, in a professional setting, it is not the male who says, I'm going to do it so my wife can work. That's our conditioning. And so I, I think that to own, not own, create, right, your destiny, we have to work on changing that. And um, also in, in ways that are, you know, compassionate towards our men or our partners in ways that's not, that won't emasculate them either um, relative to their experiences and what they feel is emasculation. But you just decide. And I wasn't going to let that doctor shame me. I wasn't going to let them, that develop guilt in me. And at the time, I felt the anger rise up in me. And that's also, it's healthy, but I, you know, with that anger comes stories and I had to really contemplate on it. But in the end, it's, it's all about, no, this is what I want. This is what I'm creating. This is where I'm going. And I'm not going to allow conditioning and all of these other ideas and stories and narratives to like stop me from doing it because as a woman, I'm so terrified of shame and I'm so terrified of judgment and I'm not going to let that hold me back. And so even if you have to be a little angry about it sometimes to push through, that's fine. But just feel it, feel that anger and just don't, you know, I, I would say don't project that on others, just feel it and let that be the fire and the passion in you that drives you forward, moves you forward and keeps the wheels of ambition and, and love for your dream alive. And um, so I think that's kind of where I, I get a little yes, energetic. Sir. Organifi Balance is an excellent pre and probiotic with seven different essential strains of pre and probiotics to enhance your microbiome, decrease gas and bloating, and support improved immune system and total body function. If you look at the research on the microbiome today, it's clear that the quality and balance of your gut bacteria impacts just about every function in your body. Each serving of Organifi Balance contains 20 billion colony forming units, and that is guaranteed. It improves digestion and absorption of vitamins and minerals, and it boosts immune response. Simply add to water or any cold drink, or go the extra mile to enhance your health and vitality and add Organifi Balance to Organifi Green, Red, Gold, or Pure Juice Mixes, or to an Organifi Complete Protein Shake to support your gut, immune system, metabolism, and experience total body satisfaction. Organifi makes being healthy, quick, and easy for the whole family. My family, friends, and clients all love Organifi, and I'm confident you will too. Living 4D listeners get 20% off Organifi products when entering the discount code capital C, capital H, capital E, capital K, 20 during checkout. So go to Organifi.com, that's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com, to get your Organifi balance and shop for all the great and easy-to-use nutrition products that your family needs. So I was thinking about that. Um, so as you're talking about that story, you fully feel that if that doctor had a male in front of him, he would not have asked that question, right? It would have been like... No, absolutely not. Yeah, yep. you kind of exactly. feel that yes. vibe that it's, you're a woman, so you're supposed to just let everything aside. But if it was a, the father was there, it'd be like, oh, of course, here's the Wi-Fi password, you know? Yeah, here's the room where you can take that call. Right. Yeah, it did. He, I felt it right away was that he was just shocked. He was surprised. And it also could because... Uh, he's in the ER all day and he sees mothers bringing the children in, right? And mothers staying with the the children. And 
you know, getting their legs wrapped and, and casts put on and whatever. And so it surprised him to have a mother, a woman, say, I need to take a conference. You know, I think that was to, you know, I, I'm not saying he was a jerk or an asshole. Like, <laughs> he just, that it was a surprise to him. But that, yeah, the point is, it's, that's our conditioning. Those are our stories. And so, I'm, I'm you know, I want women to know that if you really, truly want to create your dream and, and continue creating that, you have to continue to fight against those things, continue to fight against the um, conditioning and the stories and these, these beliefs that we grew up with and, you know, maybe not fight them, but work with them. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. You know, like I'm listening to both sides and I'm a Libra and I can kind of balance and go, I, I feel that. It's like, yeah, when it comes to just goals and, you know, dreams, I don't think it has to do with sex at all. But when it comes to specifics like we're talking about, yes, we women are really in charge of the household and children and taking care of that. And so for us to really own the year and take care of and manage our destiny, it's not just our destiny. It's the destiny of our children too. It's like we are responsible for them. It's like, you know, the husbands go out to work and we're the ones to take care of the sick child. We're the ones who get up in the middle of the night. I'm not saying that all, not all, all, all men don't, but for the majority of us, it's us the women. You know, we can get by with only four or five hours sleep. Most men are rendered useless after, you know, a few hours of not you know, missing sleep. And I feel like, you know, for, for us to truly own the year, it's like, yeah, we have, we have to like, we're empowering ourselves. We're multitaskers. We're like, I'm going to have to own the cat and the dog and the children's destiny as well as I'm going to own my own. It's like we all have to go, I have to go forward with my children now and make sure that we're all moving in this direction. So it's like, Word. yeah, we're exactly. responsible for it, <laughs> it at all. And I think that, you know, for the men, you know, they, they don't do that. I'm, I'm sure there's exceptions to the rule, but for the most part, it's the women. We're the ones who have to do that. We're the ones you know, working extra hours, like she said, we're the ones cleaning the spilled milk off the floor and cleaning out the refrigerator and, and doing those things that no one else is going to do in the house. <laughs> and so, so what would you say, uh, what would your advice be to uh, a young woman or a, a girl, an adolescent, even a, a younger girl, about how do they stand up uh, and develop their own inner strength, their own inner fire, their own direction in life, find out who they are and, and well, grow I think into that person. Yeah, for me, I think it's like, don't give up. It's like, yeah, we might have to, you know, disadvantage in a way in society and saying, yeah, we have extra things we need to do, but that's just part of being a woman. Hear us roar. You know, it's kind of like, mm -hmm. yeah, we can do that. And so for a young woman saying, don't get discouraged because we have to do more. We have to have to do extra because we have to sleep less to get everything accomplished. It's like, hey, just take care of yourself. And I find that to remember the balance is as we go back to that first question, it's like making sure we are getting as much sleep as we can, making sure we do take the time to eat because I know that I become very hangry and I don't do anything good when I'm at lack of food, you know, and taking the time to exercise and, and learning how to change with life. Like sometimes I think, Oh, I can't work out anymore. I've got these two young kids and it's like relearning how to exercise with children. Ah, a double jog stroller. Great. I can jog with both kids. Oh, let's go to the park and I'll do pull-ups and curl-ups and dips at the park instead of just sitting on the park bench looking at my kids wondering why I can't work out today because I'm here with the children. So it's like, no, take it. Seize the day. Yeah. Take the opportunity and learn to move with the changes and say, how can I multitask and, and get those things done for me? 
Yeah. And just to quickly, because I, um, two things. One, I want Nicole to talk about how working out is empowering because it's I, talking to her about it has, it's so inspiring and it, she has such great ideas around that. But I do want to first say, like, I've spent this week with Penny and Angie and I've spent many times, many weeks with them and I watch them. And so when my advice would be to understand that, yes, we do, we do tend to do a lot more. We are multitaskers. That is a very great gift of ours because women are able to control and operate and manage and utilize both sides of their brain at the same time. So we're just good at that. And so it doesn't make us a victim to being the ones who do a lot more, but watching Penny and Angie, even just this week and just how much they do, it makes me tired just watching them. And it always has, but they're so just positioned in this, like they have just, they have this posture of total balance and they get up, they go to the gym and they take care of themselves. They eat healthy food. There's, there really is, no matter how crazy and hectic your life is, you can make those choices and make, and, and, and take action and continue to pursue and just be persistent with it. As I'm, I've watched these two women and what it takes to support a man like Paul Check while also being so intelligent and successful themselves professionally and being mothers. So <laughs> it can be done. And, and when it looks daunting, good, then you're, you're thinking on a high level. Just look at it. And if it, it seems overwhelming, then yes, you're dreaming big. Keep dreaming big. Otherwise, you'll be faced with a lot of crises. Nicole? <laughs> <laughs> well, I personally, I'm going to also pass this one off to Ashley because I've seen her do this with her own daughter. And what it is for me is uh, our, our children and the youth learn from our actions, not from our words. So it's about us doing our passion. And like you were saying, not putting our dream aside to only be the housekeeper, but finding that balance um, my daughter, she's inspired by so many things. And every time she wants to change her mind, I let her, yeah. I let her listen to that internal guidance. And she found exercise this year. And it's so amazing to watch her feel empowered through healthy choices. And she found Dunkin' Donuts the year <laughs> before. And it was so beautiful to watch her become disempowered from the suboptimal choices and the most important thing for me in you know, raising the youth is to give them that unconditional love and support in all the choices that they make and let them experience the, the beautiful lessons that life has to offer. I'm going to pass this one off to Ashley, too, because I think she's done an amazing job raising her daughter. Um. What was the question? Because <laughs> I feel like we went in like five different directions here. Well, well we did. We did. That's because we have, you know, six, six people on the line plus <laughs> me. And so the question was, how do you, what advice would you give for a young woman or a, a girl um, to help them find their own inner strength, their own purpose in life? Well. I mean, I, I, girls, yes, I have a teenager. I have two teenagers. I have a special needs 18 year old, which has 
graced me with the gift of learning the true life lesson of unconditional love. I, I cannot, I can't thank him enough for giving that. It was extremely, it has been extremely hard journey in that respects. But my teenager, my, my girl, my little girl, I call her my little girl, but she is my 14-year-old. Uh, I, I must plead the fifth, JK, as she would say. Oh, just JK. Just kidding. For me, in my experience, it's truly about me maintaining my own ma- balance as a mother. I think that my relationships, I do consider myself to be an expert since I have had many relationships that have taught me several lessons about being a woman, about being a girl, about learning about my archetype of a victim, about being a prostitute, about being uh, too much of a mother, a saboteur. I, I feel like we have a choice in this life. We don't have to do it all. We don't have to care for it all. It's about, for me, it's about your needs and wants. What do you want? I, I, I sometimes do step up to be the over mother, but I am extremely fortunate to have a partner who's just as much a mother than I am. He is steps up and does just as much as I do, if not, if not more at times when I need to work and, and do the things that I want to do. He steps up and becomes the mother. When I choose to be the mother and want to stay home and nurture my feminine side because I need the balance, because I have overstepped the masculine side, which I love the masculine side of me. I grew into the masculine side and are just now learning to embrace the feminine in these past, well, I would say past 14 years. I think my daughter coming into this world was the true uh, true uh, being that taught me to embrace the feminine side of, of myself. I pretty much had to because I, I tend to be an overdoer. I did tend to be too much of a multitasker. And when I started started with her, you know, I I was pregnant. I had her on a Friday night and I went to my shower the next day. And from that point on, I didn't take a day off from there thereafter, making lunches and cleaning house and taking care of her. And at the same time, I wasn't un- I wasn't happy. So I think it's important for women to, yes, look at their conditional programming, but I think it's best for them to look at themselves, to sit with themselves, to be with themselves, to see how they truly feel and how, how are they feeling about what they're doing. And if you're unhappy, then what will bring you joy? What will bring you peace? And if you're, and if you feel like you're in a place where you have to do something. I don't believe anyone has to do anything. Well, I have to take care of the kids and I have to cook dinner every single night. Well, then that is a relationship situation where it's about going into your relationship and, and expressing your wants and needs. Because for me, from my own experience, found that it sabotaged my relationships because I felt like I had to do it all. I felt like I I had to take care of the kids. I had to clean the house. I had to I had to work. I had my own facility. I had training clients. I was teaching for the check and suit. I was traveling. But then one day my partner said to me, "Why do you feel like you need to be superwoman? No one asked you." And that was 
That was the greatest gift he could have given me because no one did ask me to be that. And he said, if you want something or you need something, you just need to ask. And it was for me to do that. I, I didn't, I didn't think I could ask. I didn't think that I had enough strength. I thought I was the one that was supposed to do that all. Yet I do have a dream and a destiny to be all these other things. And so being like that and learning that at a very, at my daughter's very young age, that I knew that her coming into this world, I did not want her to be like me. I didn't want her to be like my mother, who I was like, that classic person who just does it all. So it was about changing. It was about reflecting. It was about concentrating on what I was feeling in the moment and was it making me happy? And if it wasn't, make a choice. And that choice is what do you want to do and what don't you want to do? And then have conversations within your relationship so that you can figure out how you both can make it work and both parties can be happy. What are your wants and needs in this relationship if it truly needs to go forward with all parties involved? And that was a decision I also at several times made. Does this can this relationship survive? And it was really, it was really about me looking at myself, not pointing the finger at him. Well, he doesn't do this. Oh, he needs to do that. It was about me sitting back, creating security and confidence within myself and saying, Here's what I need you to do to help me, help me grow, help me be, help me be better, help me love myself so that I can love you better. And so that our daughter can grow up to not be a girl that falls in the same footsteps, but is a girl who grows into her own and she becomes wise and she becomes nurturing to herself and her needs and that she becomes a communicator because that's the one thing that I lacked. So in order for me, I can't teach her. I can't tell her what to do, especially at this point. My goal always has been to ask and to be, and to be what I want her to be, and to be what I want my partner to be. If I want him to be more love, and if I want him to be more helpful, then I become that. I become the change that we want to be, because the more I thought that I could change him, or I could change her, or I could definitely not change uh, my stepson, It only backfired and caused more pain and more dissonance within my relationships. So it was about me being the best version through the aspect of loving myself and making the choices that made me happy. So then she learns that she has a happy mother and she has a a mother that makes healthy choices in food and she balances it all with working out and she balances it with work and there are decisions that have tough decisions to have to be made. Yes, did I miss first day of school? Yes, did I miss her first competition whether yes, and there's a conversation about that that you know, mothers are responsible for doing other things. They have other dreams, not that they don't love. They do love, but it's important for me to live my life for me as well. And I, and, and in so doing, she does the same thing. Am I perfect? No. Do I screw up? Yes. But then I have that ability for her to see the screw-ups and for us to have a conversation about the screw-ups so that I can apologize or I can hear her thoughts on my screw-ups and, and I can ask her, how do you think I should do it better? What would you do in my situation? 
and respect her so that when she grows up, she already has the knowledge and the wisdom and the, the witnessing of how her mother did it and how her mother not to be, isn't trying to be perfect and is just trying to balance it all and that she can do the same. It's, it is, it is the, the journey uh, through the aspect of uh, change and witnessing and having a choice and not, for me, not accepting the idea. The idea that can be put in our head about who we may be, who we should be, who what, what we're supposed to do. And I constantly talk her about, about that as she goes through high school, hearing things and things being said to her. I said, it's just an idea. Do you choose? You have a choice. Do you believe that about yourself? And if you don't, what is it that you want to believe about yourself? And 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 make that choice. It's just merely the perception that you choose to believe about you and everyone else. But don't don't allow the idea that you can be anything other than what you want to be in this lifetime to hold true. That's just my take on it. And that, thank you, Nicole. That seems like a pretty good take to me. Hi, everybody. I'm sure you've all heard of the benefits of bone broth, but I bet you don't know about bone broth protein powder. I found an awesome bone broth protein powder with Paleo Valley, and I asked Autumn Smith if she'd explain why hers is so good from Paleo Valley. Well, like you said, collagen is basically the fountain of youth, and most of us are not getting enough of it in our diet because maybe we don't have time to simmer bones on a regular basis. And so we created our powder to make getting the benefits of collagen for your joint health, for your gut health, for your mental health, really, really simple. And we sourced it from 100% grass-fed and grass-finished bones. So it is a beef bone broth protein powder that you can literally put in everything. It's tasteless. I add it to my son's smoothies. I put it into his desserts. You can even put it in soup and get all the benefits of collagen without all of the time and energy and investment. So all you have to do to check it out is go to our website at paleovalley.com. That's P-A-L-E-O-V-A-L-L-E-Y.com. And you can use the code CHECK15. That's lowercase C-H-E-K-15 at checkout. And I hope your family loves it. I know you'll love it. Keep your body healthy. Keep your kids healthy. And let's make the world a better place with Paleo Valley. Enjoy. Let's, let's talk for a few minutes about adversity, because if there's one thing that we are absolutely guaranteed in life is that there will be change and there will be situations and circumstances that are not exactly as we planned. Um, how do we cope with these? How do we, as, as women, cope with adversity or become more, and maybe this is not the correct word or the best word, resilient in the face of adversity. Amy, would you like to lead us off with this one? Yeah, sure. Um, I'd say the first thing that comes to mind for me is I feel like we need to just primarily establish a really firm relationship with ourselves. And, you know, what came up for me when Nicole was speaking was, you know, if I was a young girl, I wish someone had told me to learn to be comfortable feeling disapproval and disapproved of, I should say. And I feel like if we can be strong in our own core 
then we don't have to, we're not as reactive to the, the reactions of everybody else to what we're doing if they approve of how we're behaving and, and the choices that we make. So a strong relationship with ourselves is essential because that's the compass which we're going to make all our choices from. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And, and then I feel like, you know, when we're strong in ourselves, it, it's like you have your own back. You know, you're not looking, you're not as needy. You're more, you, you've got your own, uh, you've got your own compass, so to speak. You're not looking for approval from other people to give you your strength, to give you your wings. You have your own back. And that's, that's, that's developed over time by just trusting yourself, by not letting yourself down. You know, I think a lot of, a lot of women are afraid of being abandoned and being on their own and being independent. And there's a lot of judgment there. If you're not married or you don't have kids and all these different societal things that are happening. But I often wonder like, you know, how many times have we abandoned ourselves? You know, we're always worried about people abandoning us, but when do you, when do you sell yourself out? You know, when, when do you stand up for your own needs and have your own emotional boundaries to have your own respect for yourself to, to be able to speak your truth and love like this works for me, this doesn't work for me and be strong in your core. If someone disapproves of you, that you're okay with that, but lovingly let them have their opinion or their, you know, something different than you, but standing strong in your own self. I wish I knew that when I was a younger girl to be more okay with feeling disapproved of and just to carry on in spite of that. So as far as adversity and change, I feel like that's what gives you a strong backbone. That's what gives you a strong core is that you, you always have your own back. You're not looking to other people to hold you up and give you legs. I love that, Amy. Yeah, you know, what comes to mind is I have this saying, and I don't know where I found it from. It's not my original quote, but it's be you. Everybody else has already been taken. Love you it. know, and if we just realize that we're all unique, beautiful beings, and when we try to be someone else, we're missing out on the gift of who we really are. You know, and if you're for a young girl, for instance, and you're out there dating and trying to find the right person to be with, and it's like if you're faking trying to be somebody you're not, and you're, you know, dyeing your hair and you're making your lips bigger and your boobs bigger and your body different and you're working super hard to be someone you're not, eventually that's going to break, you know, and it's like one day you're going to realize that you want to just be you. And then that person you're with goes, well, who the hell are you? Well, you know, I th that's not the person I married, you know, and then you recognize that if we're just remember to be true to ourselves, then when we are out there in the world, we actually are attracting those to us that are true to who we, who we really are. And that makes life so much easier because then you're not trying to be something you're not. And so um, just rising up within ourselves and saying, this is who I am. This is what I love to do. And it's okay if people don't like that because there's other people who do like that. And when those people find me, we're going to get along really great. <laughs> and I'm going to have the best friends and have the you know, closest relationships because I found people just like me. And I can eat everything that they have at their potlucks. Yes. <laughs> you like Sarah's wedding. <laughs> yeah, that was good food. But I have to credit Alex for that. <laughs> yeah, and I, I love that, Angie. Thank you. Because, you know, I think it's so hard for women because, you know, we 
we want everyone to like us. We want everyone to get along. We want community. We want harmony. We, you know, we, we're nurturers. We're caretakers. We want everyone to be happy and so much to so that often we sacrifice ourselves. Uh, I hear that every day. And it's a very delicate balance. And I feel like, you know, sometimes women have to step back and think, you know, really, who am I? Who am I beyond this role, this identity, this label? I'm a mother. I'm a teacher. I'm a wife. I'm a daughter. I'm a whatever, you know, but beyond all of that, because when those things fade and life changes or like when Penny said, adversity gets thrown at you or something goes off the rails, who are you at the end of the day that you can stand up and say, this is who I am to have what I said, that compass to know how to navigate from there when that wind comes and you've no more sail, you know? Yeah, I, I, I agree. And, and I would even go further to say that not just who am I, but how am I being? Because, you know, when I ask, you know, my clients, like, you know, who, who are you? And, and can you put a, you know, a, an archetype and write a story and, and narrate your own story and what you want to become? And very, very difficult for so many women to answer because they wear so many hats. So I asked the question of, of how are you and what are you being? And it being is really like the, the most important because it brings you into the present. Like, how am I being right now? And, and when not what are you doing, but just how are you being? And, you know, getting back to adversity, I, I, I think women and girls can be more resilient. Just like Joe said, it's a, be, or, or Amy, I'm sorry, just be yourself. And, and th that's so cliche that it, like when I say it out loud, it just sounds stupid, but it, really think about it in terms of what is my truth? And if you can't figure that out, write down ways that you change your, your mannerisms and the way you talk and the tone of your voice, or, you know, normally you cuss at home, but when you're in public, you, you know, you don't think it's proper, so you're going to talk different. Things like that really were such a challenge for me because I also wore so many hats and I was in a 13-year marriage that didn't work out. And it was a blessing, though, because it taught me, you know, about being more resilient. And being more resilient is being aligned. And if you don't know what that means um, to be aligned, it, it means that if you have a certain set of values then look around in your life and make a list of the five top areas where you struggle the most. And this is really important too. Like write these areas down and ask yourself in what, in what ways or circumstances and, or experiences do I find myself going through failure or spinning my wheels or not getting motivated? Um, unable to find some energy or drive, and where where do I continue to go um, into these experiences and and situations? And then you will find where you're not in alignment with your values. So that it's like the best. So when you look and you 
flip the coin on that, you ask yourself, what areas in my life have the most success, are the easiest for me, uh, that I find myself moving forward and improving and loving and enjoying and, um, you know, they make me happy and I feel like I'm doing something and there's meaning. Well, then you're in alignment. You're in alignment with your values. And sometimes people put values down that they actually don't really, that, that aren't that important. They write them down because they think they should be important. And so if that's a, if it's hard for you, ask yourself those two questions. Like, where am I experiencing the most failure and um, stress and spinning my wheels and the most challenges? And then in what areas are things much more easy and joyful and successful? So in the areas where things are going well, well, then you're in alignment. And so take a look at that. And if you could write a story about those experiences or circumstances or tasks and responsibilities or hobbies, then those embody your values. And that's what you need to stick to. You need to stick to your values because that's your truth. That is your absolute, at the core of your entire being, your truth. And I struggle with a lot of these like women's circles. I don't want to say anything. I'm not saying they're bad, but a lot of my experience in being asked to uh, participate or even facilitate these women's circles is that we, uh, many of them are gathering to basically circle around and talk about uh, their victimhood and their trauma and their relationships with narcissists as if they're badges of honor. And all it does is just put you in a circle of people who are thinking the same thing, that it's okay to be a victim to these things that everybody goes through everyone. And so when I was struggling to be that soft spoken, um, you know, hand holding type of therapist and coach, um, I found myself struggling a lot and I was out of alignment. I was knocked on my ass many times because I wasn't being true to me because I felt like maybe my intellect and my very forward nature and my, you know, potty mouth, like shame, shame. Like I thought that was just not the way to be a female coach or a female therapist or a facilitator. And so it, I found myself facing a lot of crises and stress. So I just went back to being myself, which is just a loud mouth and <laughs> very assertive and, and, you know, helping to me, helping women means helping them by being who I am truly. And so not worrying about saying shit in public or with a client or on social media. It's just being me and, and communicating the way I am feeling the most passionate. And it because it shows up that way and it it attracts people to you who are also like you and also need you and can be helped by you. And one last thing before I want to, you know, pass the pass this off, because it's such an important question. But being resilient and becoming more resilient, it, like you don't need to think about that because you already are. You you already are. Every single one of you listening and every woman in this world, every young girl in this world is absolutely resilient. That's why we're the multitaskers. That's why we get to control both sides of our brain. That's why we give birth. That's why we create. 
life. I'm, I was going to say the F word, but actually Penny did say something about that the other day. So I will refrain from that. But we create life. We give birth. We make human beings. Like, holy shit, we are, are, we are already resilient. And so <laughs> you are. So just take care of your body. Honor it because it's so intelligent. And just be good to it. And be good to your mind. And be good to your heart. And stay true to yourself. And I will, just a few little facts because I like facts and statistics. Know what you are, know what your adversities are. Like, become educated. And, you know, I said earlier, I don't like owning your destiny, but to create your destiny. But in this case, own your choices and your decisions about your health. If things are going rough, because they will, you it's okay. It's okay to be depressed. It's okay to have those moments where you have a tantrum. You're like, I just wish I wasn't here and I want to be raptured right now into the sky and, you know, sit in clouds. I want to move on, you know, like it's okay because we get, we take on a lot. And so express it, feel it, let yourself do that. You don't need a doctor saying you're depressed, take this pill. So you don't feel like just feel and also become educated. I, I'm going to repeat that. You need to learn about yourself. You need to learn about your body. And instead of listening to everybody else and, and fitness magazines or health magazines or social media and how everybody else is doing their thing is learn about you and what works for you. And, um, you know, I would have a shameless plug for my course with the Czech Institute because I talk about it in there. Like everything that women use, everything everyone uses on a daily basis, whether it's a tool, equipment, um, a piano, a tennis racket, a computer, everything is manufactured and produced, it's designed and manufactured based on the average male measurements hand span, length of fingers, you know, height, weight, everything is based on the average male measurement. And the difference between men and women is, you know, 89% of women in the U.S., for instance, um, I don't know worldwide, but in the U.S., 80, 85 something or, or the percent of us are under five foot four inches. And the majority of men are five, six and above. And I, I forgot the statistics there, but there's at least a two inch difference. But the average male is five, nine and a half. And so if we look at the average male and all of the measurements of the average male and weight, uh, you know, 175 and five foot nine, that's about five inches that we have to go extra. And pianists, they, they looked at pianists, women, female pianists had the most injury and, and um, arthritis pain in their hands. But here's, again, going back to our conditioning and the way we, <laughs> our stories is that, as I said, everything is designed on the average male measurement, except for two things, which are Tampons? No. Nope. <laughs> Those actually can fit up any asshole. <laughs> what I was going to say is 
<laughs> Sorry. Shopping carts and kitchen utensils. Like, you mm. guys, seriously. Seriously. <laughs> so when we go to the gym and pick up a barbell, that's based on male measurements. When we open a door, walk up the stairs, type on a keyboard, um, try to take a selfie, all of that shit was based on male measurements. And so we, that's why, you know, we're, 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 that's why we're resilient because we have the most injuries, the most incidences of pain, and we still live longer. So I'm going to pass the mic because I'm getting an, um, <laughs> a little energetic. I just want to real quickly say for me that the gift of adversity is the opportunity to clarify. And as Sarah was saying that, you know, we take a pill for pain or not to fill. And I think that when we lean in to the pain, we get the opportunity to know what we don't want and learn more about what we do want. Mm -hmm. And then the real lesson for me as a woman is to learn to use my voice and to draw my boundaries and feel okay with that. If there's one mineral you should be worried about not getting enough of, it's magnesium. Magnesium is the body's master mineral, influencing over 300 critical reactions, including detoxification, fat metabolism, energy, even digestion is influenced by the presence of magnesium. But there are two big problems here. One, magnesium has been largely missing from U.S. soil since the 1950s, which explains why it's estimated that up to 80% of the population may be deficient in magnesium. And two, most supplements contain only one or two forms of magnesium, when really there are at least seven that your body needs and benefits from. If you take this latter fact into consideration, it's not illogical to conclude that 90% of the population is likely to be deficient in two or more essential forms of magnesium. The good news is that when you do get all seven critical forms of magnesium, pretty much every function in your body is upgraded from your brain to your sleep to pain and inflammation reduction, and it all improves fast. That's why I'm so excited about what my friends at Bioptimizers, makers of industry-leading digestive supplements, have just created. The research team recently formulated what I believe to be the ultimate magnesium supplement, easily the best I've ever seen or experienced, with all forms of this mineral. They even include trace amounts of something called monoatomic magnesium, which helps make all the other forms more bioavailable. This is by far the most complete magnesium product ever created, and until or unless someone comes out with a better one, I highly recommend you give it a try. Bioptimizers calls this product Magnesium Breakthrough, and they're running a special promotion for you at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash living number four little d. That's bioptimizers.com forward slash living number four little d. And right now, during the entire month of November, Bioptimizers are running their Black Friday and Cyber Monday until November 30th. This is the best time of year for incredible deals. On select products, you can get free shipping up to 40% off, and they're even giving away free bottles of Masszymes, P3OM, and their HCL breakthrough with select orders. And here's the deal. The guys who make it are so confident that you're going to like it that they're going to give you all your money back if you don't. With this one simple action, you can reverse magnesium deficiency in all its forms and upgrade the performance of your body, including how you look and feel in every possible way. Make sure to go to this special website because it's the only place where you get access to this amazing discount. This magnesium breakthrough promotion is only available while quantities last. Again, that's bioptimizers, B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com 
forward slash living number four little d. That's bioptimizers.com forward slash living four d to get your amazing deals on bioptimizers, great products, and magnesium breakthrough. I love bioptimizers. I actually do use them every day. Their products are excellent, and that's why I'm super excited to share them with you here. Enjoy. So does anyone have any specific tips, strategies, or examples from from their own situation about how you can stay calm when you are in the midst of challenges, adversity, or failure? Because we know it's all going to happen, and we know that it's one of the hardest things is to stay calm, not get caught up in whatever's going on, and and uh, keep our eyes on the horizon about where we do want to go. Would anyone like to share anything, a specific strategy or a tip that they have? I can jump in for a second. Uh, this is Amy. Um, what came to me even when Sarah was talking, and I love that uh, exercise you gave Sarah about uh, people getting into alignment and analyzing their life and the different categories and what's in alignment. And it made me think of something that, that I came up with. I think everybody probably in the world has a to-do list, right? With a gazillion things on it that get like three done a day. I, I developed something I call the to feel list, to feel list. So we think about what we have to do each day. How much time do we give to thinking about how I want to feel each day? Because like Danielle Laporte in her work, she talked about like Firestarter. She talks about everything we want in life because we want to ultimately feel a certain way. We want that car, that dress, that relationship, that house, that child, whatever, because we think in getting it, it's going to make us feel a certain way that we want. It's going to make us feel loved. It's going to make us feel safe. It's going to make us feel important, significant, successful, whatever it may be. So if we set up our lives being conscious of, okay, today I want to feel calm. I want to feel productive. I want to feel patient with my children. I want to feel open and noticing small miracles in the universe. I want to feel surprised, you know, just to be, to be setting up ourselves to win to, to me, that's part of owning our day is how we feel each day because today's all we got, right? And our feelings determine our life, our life experience, the quality of our life is based on the feelings we feel from day to day. And so that's one thing that came to mind I just wanted to share that usually helps people is to make a to-feel list. And I'd say just the only other thing would be to try to just focus on controlling what you can because so much we can't control, right? So we can control a lot of our environment, like the, our home and how clean it is, how cluttered it is, um, you know, uh, the things we have surrounding us that give us a sense of nesting and comfort and warmth and joy, like pictures, mementos, comfy pillows, soft colors, uh, essential oil smells, um, you know, yummy food. I mean, trying to control our immediate environment, I think it's very, very powerful. A lot of people don't give it enough um, power into controlling how they feel each day in the environment around themselves. 
and also controlling the people in your life, right? Which can be hard to do depending on who's in your immediate circle. But, you know, everyone has an energy and being around the kind of people that have the energy and the mindset that lift you up and make you feel like, you know, you're enjoying your life more and you're not stressing you out and drain the life out of you. And, uh, and I think the meaning that we give things, you know, it's, I always wonder how people get through life without having a bigger sense of uh, there's some kind of greater force and power in the universe, you know, some sort of faith that there's some bigger plan going on because it must be a very scary world to be thinking like this is all there is and what's the point. So to having some kind of some sort of grounding compass of like there's a bigger picture going on here, I think can really help get us through times that we don't understand. And there's a lot of life that we don't understand, but having faith in, in the greater good and that there is a loving greater something out there, whatever you want to call it. I know that helps get me through a lot. Great. Yeah. Not getting caught up in the minutiae. Yes. Yeah. Joe, do you have anything that you would like to, to share with us and our listeners? As far yeah. as specific tips? I, yeah, you know, sharing from my personal perspective uh, what adversity, um, if I look back over my own years of adversity and as we've all experienced at various times, it's inevitable. Um, and it is about how we navigate when, you know, when that storm tsunami comes through and for me personally it's absolutely taught me on the on the polarity of of control it's it's taught me that you know every adversity and I loved what we were talking about before in terms of resilience because it does it the adversity really does just show you how resilient we are but it gives us an an opportunity to experience that resilience within us and for me Adversity, you know, if I go back to my earliest experience, my first adversity of uh, coming to terms with my sexuality and coming to terms with the fact that I was gay and the fact that I resisted that. I absolutely did not want to be um, what I was feeling. And so it's really interesting hearing how everyone is talking about you know, um, get clear about alignment, get clear about what it is that you feel. And my earliest experiences of that was, I don't want to be feeling this way. (laughs) This isn't normal. This isn't right. And, of course, all the conditioning that went with that. So one of the greatest things that adversity has continued to teach me has been what it really is to practice surrender. And for Years and years, that word was just, oh, you know, what do you surrender? What do you mean surrender? Let go. Tell me what to let go of and I'll let go of it. And it took me so long to come into a place of understanding that surrender and letting go is a process. And for me, it's become an understanding that it's a process, first of all, of acknowledging. Acknowledging what is, no matter what it is. Acknowledging it. And then coming into a place of accepting it. And acceptance isn't about liking something. I think often people think, well, I've got to, you know, 
make peace with it to accept it. Well, actually, you don't have to make peace with something to accept it. Acceptance is accepting what is, no matter what it is. It's not about liking it, trying to change it, trying to fix it, not wanting it to be what it is, because all of those things are, in actual fact, not accepting what is. Whilst we're trying to change it, improve it, um, fix it, move it somehow, in some way, shape, or form, not let it be what it is, we're not accepting it. So acceptance isn't about liking it or finding peace with it. It's just actually coming to a place deep within your heart, which is a process of continually opening, opening more to yourself and the situation or the person. And in this case, for me, it was a place of coming into a place of opening to myself. I, you know, when I look at how did I, what were the tips that I used in that stage of my life of going through the adversity of, of, of coming out, um, and it was, a, it was a process because it took a number of years, and I was in denial, and then I had to step into that process I've just spoken about, acknowledging, because it wasn't going away, and it wasn't something I could control <laughs> um, as, as hard as I tried, and it wasn't going anywhere. So it was a process of coming into a place of truly acknowledging, acknowledging myself, my situation, my thoughts, my feelings, my desires, my inclinations, coming into a place of really acknowledging them and accepting them for what they were and stop trying to change them. And as I did that over a period of time, then that resilience, which is really, you know, I loved how Sarah said it's the alignment, you know, it's, it's, it's coming into an alignment with, with your heart, uh, your heart and mind. And for me, the alignment of the masculine and the feminine, um, for me, what resilience, um, whether we call it resilience, the ability to endure and open through that endurance rather than close and shut down and create more separation to ourselves and to others, the ability to continue to open and embrace what life brings you as an opportunity to learn and grow and see the gift in that adversity and open to the lessons that you are being offered through that adversity. And, of course, as we've spoken about, that's all about perception. It's about how we choose to perceive a situation. Is it something in our way or is it something on our way? And all of these things are, are what we learn when adversity does come our way. And... You know, I mean, I remember through that period, you know, I probably spent two years living in the closet, too afraid and ashamed and fearful to speak my truth and to live my truth. And when I finally did, I'll never forget the time that, and, and I didn't, it was a strange occurrence because I didn't intend to come out there and then to my family at the time, or my dad in particular. But I want to, you know, say this because we, you know, we've, we've spoken a lot about being. We create an experience of the consciousness that we're choosing to be. What we choose, the actual 
choice itself is less important than the consciousness that's making the choice because it's the consciousness that we experience through the choice. And, you know, I'll never forget the consciousness that was I was choosing to embody when I unexpectedly came out to my dad. And the way I did that was asking my dad, what would be the most disappointing thing any of your children could ever do? And he looked at me and he laughed and he said, well, well you're not gay, so that's okay. And, of course, I had just swallowed myself. I swallowed myself up because I had just created through the consciousness that was I was choosing to embody. I just created a very experience of, of that consciousness right there and then, the fear of being rejected, the fear of being abandoned, not loved. And that was experienced right there in the moment. And... Over the years, through other adversities, I ha it's taught me to attune myself to the consciousness I am in housing, that I'm embodying at that moment. What is it that I'm choosing to, yes, think, believe in, feel? Because whatever choice we make, it's the consciousness that's making the choice that we end up having an experience of. So my tips to resilience is first and foremostly, however long it takes, coming into a place of acknowledging, accepting and embracing what is, no matter what it is. That's actually a quality of the divine feminine that's taught me so, so much over the years. And it brings us into, into the ability to have clarity over the choices that we do need to make from that place, what action we do need to take from a place of acknowledgement, acceptance of what is just the way it is. And the greatest tip I can offer there is that that is not about liking it or being at peace with it. That comes in time. Coming to a place of acknowledging what is, accepting what is, and embracing it just as it is, is step number one. And that is not about liking it. So that was a huge tip for me that, that's really with every, every adversity that's come along to challenge me and help me grow and open to myself, that three-step process has, has been a very powerful one. And from that place, I have been able to step into clarity, direction, right action, and embracing the choices that are in the highest potential for me. So if that helps anybody out there as adversity comes and knocks on their door, as the pain teacher often does, as Paul teaches us, then it is an opportunity there to practice that process. Uh, it helped me. <laughs> You're awesome. Yeah, yes. just listening to you, my whole heart just softens. Thanks, Joe. Um, I'm sure all of you know that mushrooms have a wide range of amazing healing benefits, and they're talked about a lot in the news these days. There's a huge amount of research going on. And one of the companies that does a lot of research and produces excellent products, of course, is Symbiotica. And they have an amazing new organic longevity mushroom product 
So Sherveen's here to explain to us exactly what we can expect from this amazing product. Sherveen, what have you guys got coming out for us? <laughs> this one's exciting because as you know, you know, me and my family, we've been hunting mushrooms in the forests of the Pacific Northwest and, you know, Northeast Canada for a long time. And medicinal mushrooms, the, the, the background of it being a Taoist immortal practice coming from ancient China. This is, um, this is something new. And this is the first time it's ever been done before. Nobody has ever made a liposomal mushroom complex ever in the history of supplementation, at least in this epoch. And what we got in this one is we got king trumpet, turkey tail, antrodia, maitake, and the queen rishi mushrooms all blended together, all grown here in San Diego in an organic grow farm, certified organic. So nothing's coming from China. And it's no offense to China, but there's a massive amounts of industrial pollution there and regulations there are really, really low. So this is, this is safe for everyone, all ages. We use organic cacao extracts, and this is almost like a dessert. It's so delicious. The benefits, we all kind of know mushrooms. It's an adaptogenic herb. It helps your body adapt to the environments. They contain B vitamins, triterpenes, metabolites, you know, vitamin D, prebiotics. They all support a healthy immune system, nervous system. They lower systemic inflammation, and it's delicious. It's like a chocolate fudge dessert, and you can use it in any way you want, any application, straight from the bottle. You can put it on top of foods. You can put it on top of fruits. I mean, this one's going viral right now in so many ways, and uh, I'm really excited for everyone to try it. Well, head on over to symbiotica.com, C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A, and get your happy California-raised sunshine mushrooms with some high-end chocolate. And what a great way to start your day and know you're loving your body. On checkout, use your code, capital C, capital H, capital E, capital K, 15. That's check 15 for your 15% discount. And while you're there, check out all the amazing products at Symbiotica. You can't go wrong. In, in wrapping up our conversation today, I'd like to circle back to um, our first question, which I asked you, what does it mean for you to own 2021? Because I think we can all agree that 2020 for pretty much everybody has not been the year that we probably set it, set out for it to be come January the 1st, 2020. Um, it's thrown spanners and wrenches. It's presented opportunities. It's presented challenges. Um, it's definitely as I said, not been what anyone I think was planning. Um, well, as we record this about te uh, 10 months ago now. So what advice would you give to any of our listeners, male or female alike, uh, or just the listeners in general for moving into 2021? Own your shit. <laughs> I would say, I'm, um, and I want to keep this short because I'm really enjoying listening to everyone, um, the ones who are next to me and the ones that are um, speaking remotely from all over the world. Um, but, you know, again, I go back to create your 2021, but own your shit. 
women that I've worked with and um, just uh, as clients, but also uh, when I work with couples is I seem to under, I seem to notice there's a pattern of um, we don't want to be criticized and we don't want to admit when we're wrong or that we have failed. Um, Cause I mean, that's really, it's really hard to do that. We are hard on ourselves, but I mean, you know, take in, take relationship for an example. And I'm going to use this because I got married yesterday and we didn't exchange vows. We exchanged our shadows and it was a very nerve wracking moment for me. I know it was for Alex, but it, it, it was wonderful to be surrounded by the people that we love and that inspire us as well. But it, by exchanging our shadows, we were admitting um, and owning what we need to work on. And when you do that, it it begins to materialize. And so not working on it, not improving it, not figuring out ways um, in introspection uh, and awareness and practice to change those patterns, whether they are behaviors or thoughts or, you know, narratives going on. It's just being open to receiving criticism, feedback, even if it's negative, that's going to make you a better person. And if we want to stick to the, you know, how do you own 2020, I think that's how you're going to do it. And I think I'm a little biased because that's how I think I'm going to own 2021 because we're coming off of a really stressful year and everybody's stressed and everybody's going to be trying to get out there and um, make up for it. So just um, be honest with yourself and own your shit. And then I'm going to pass it on. Ashley? <clears throat> I think that the best thing that has has changed my life and uh, feel is best for everyone to do to create the authentic growth, especially through the pandemic times, is come come into a consistent mindfulness practice. It creates it creates change. It creates positive change. It helps you deal with any kind of adversity. It helps you. It helps you accept what I think what is. I think it's important that through the, a mindfulness practice, it allows you to look at the light side. It's all about perspective anyway. It's just what do you what do you want to see on the other end of any kind of pandemic, adversity, diversity, whatever it is. Whatever comes at you, you, hopefully everyone wants to become more responsive versus reactive. And having a mindfulness practice every day can get you to that point, can create the balance. It can create, if, if, if it's more feminine that you need, it creates everything that you, that you want because it is your intention. It's about putting out there what you do want. And through that practice, you can create all your dreams can become true. I'm a testament of it. And when I do, and, and, and you, when you create the contrast, and, and sometimes we need contrast, uh, it can help you resonate at a higher level of love when you do need to make amends and you do need to kind of move into a higher place. To me, it's all about moving into a, a, high le a higher level of love. 
for yourself and for others as we all embrace this uh, this adversity that's going on with this pandemic and anything else going forward in life. You, you, at the end of the day, it brings you to that reflective consciousness that when you do sit in your bed and and you are about to fall asleep and you're you are saying your prayers and you are being grateful for what your day presented and what you can do better the next day and how you can love better the next day. Those are things that if people, if everyone could take time to to do that within themselves, I think humanity would uh, proceed and deal with anything much better. Hey, Ashley, really quick, can you um, elaborate on like mindfulness practice? Like for you, what is a mindfulness practice? Or if you were sharing with, um, you know, clients or, or patients, I mean, just, yeah, you know, so, for those who may not know. So for me, a mindfulness practice, it has, a, I think, I think every person individually has a practice that serves them, whether it's some sort of active meditation, whether it's journaling, whether it's um, doing some sort of movements like some Tai Chi or Qigong, or for me, it's stillness. It's, it's, uh, it's gazing into my third eye and being still and activating that energy so that I can reach higher consciousness and live through my higher self on a daily basis. It's about, it's about being still. It's about resonating from my soul versus my ego. It's about making soul predominant over my ego. It's about listening to what ego may be trying to tell me. It may be, it may be, uh, listening to what my soul is trying to tell me. It may be tapping into to my master guides and my angels that are my guardians that are all there helping me try to become the better uh, version of myself. But I, I think a mindfulness practice first and foremost is just being um, there with self and listening and accepting whatever comes to mind and allows to wash away and then welcome whatever comes through. And lots of times that can be gifts of, oh, just thanks for reminding me what I need to do today. Or it could be, it could be something helpful. Uh, it could be you reflecting on the dogma that presents in yourself. I think that it is a practice that's very individual for each person at what they're capable of doing that particular day. Thanks. I, I, I wanted to just be, you know, people in, you know, women yeah. hear a lot about mindfulness, mindfulness, mindfulness. It's such a, you know, very, um, I guess, widely utilized term. And so I have clients who get a little confused when I say mindful because I'm just telling them to be mindful. <laughs> and when it, in turn, it's just, just being aware in the moment of, your presence and, and what you are being in that moment, like you're breathing, you're walking and you're feeling this. And I just want to, before somebody else goes, I, I noticed, I took IMS one with you. I learned, I'm, and I noticed throughout the whole week that you are extremely like very, um, present in everything like what how you speak where you put your water bottle where you're standing when you're speaking to somebody um everything seemed to be a very like it was automatic but it wasn't because you were being mindful I just noticed that and even when you you were organizing you're so organized by the way, like one of the most organized people I know 
um, when you were organizing your stuff at the end of the day and putting them into your um, briefcase, it was like very mindful, almost like as you were talking to yourself as you were doing it. And so what do you think about if there are people don't like to meditate or they don't like to do Tai Chi or things like that, like turning something like sweeping a floor or walking to the mailbox or, you know, any other examples or what do you think of that as being mindful? Well, I, first of all, thank you for saying all those kind things. <laughs> um, I appreciate that. I, I am that person who took me literally like 10 years to get a gong. <laughs> it, it, so for, for me, it and, and can just be... just to interrupt, interrupt, a gong, for those of you that don't know, is 100 consecutive days of Tai Chi. A <laughs> hundred consecutive days. And if you miss a day, you start back again at day one. Yes, thank you. So for for me, the, depending where any person is at, you know, I have clients that have that monkey-mindedness. And I say, depending on what their challenge is that they're dealing with, couldn't be five minutes of just creating a gratitude list. Could be five minutes of journaling what their emotions they're feeling at the moment, what their what their present judgments are about themselves, or better yet, list all the things that you love about yourself. It could be just five minutes of looking in the mirror and trying with all your heart to tell yourself how much you love yourself. It could be going out in nature and just watching the birds and listening to the animals. It could be walking your dog. It can be anything that's where there are distractions, not distractions, the phone, the computer. Um, And if it and if there seems to be too many, then write them all down. And then when you can get to a place when you can just be with yourself and just hear your own thoughts and what and hear what's in your heart, and then you can list uh, potentials. Uh, could be a to do list. Uh, could be anything that's just focused on you and not others. For for someone who loves to please other people and is a consummate doer. Uh, just it's it can be just about you and not thinking about all the things that you need to do for everyone else in your life. That can be a big step for some people. Mm-hmm. I love it. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thanks, Ashley. Nicole, would you like to give us your advice? For- <laughs> I don't know if it's advice, but it's definitely like thoughts. my thoughts. If I'm breathing, I'm winning. <laughs> like if there's any tips I can give, just breathe. You know, they can't take that away from us. And, and at some point, if it is gone from us, I think we're going to win too then. I don't really know. But for me, uh, every breath is a gift. Whether I'm in pain or I'm seeing a wedding or a baby born, it's just a gift to, to be alive. So owning 2020 is about breathing and also not becoming infected with fear you know we've got this fear virus that's going around and I think it's got all of us some of us holding our breaths at times and just come back to the breath and that's been one of the most beautiful mindful practices for me is every mindful practice uh, there's breath in it and 
And that breath has that capacity to trick my body biologically into thinking that everything is okay no matter what. So getting bootiful, Paul told me once, because I, I used to have that perfectly thin, flat belly. And in one of my classes, he, he grabbed it and he says, Nicole, I need, you, I need you to get pregnant with life. I need you to inhale so big you get bootiful. And uh, giving me that freedom to let go of like the judgments of what people will think if I take a full belly breath. And, and I, I did. And it was the best gift I ever received. Pulled me out of adrenal fatigue and it'll pull me through 2021. Fabulous. Joe? That's beautiful. I feel for me probably continuing with the practice I've had in 2020, which was to really own own the law of reflection and uh, own what others are <laughs> gifting me as the mirror. And if there's resolve or work needing to be done on that reflection, which uh, the law of reflection is always a trigger. So going in, going in and looking at what that trigger is and being mindful not to reject it back out onto the other person and reject the gift that they're mirroring to me. But go away, take some quiet time and go and see what the gift is. And uh, every time I've done that, I find in time, maybe not straight away, but in time my heart opens again and it feels fuller than it did the last time. And there's more of me that I get to claim. And inner work, you know, the inner, the inner shadow work, people may feel that it's foreign or um, hard work or in truth, I've come to see it as life-changing. It's life-changing work. It's not hard work. It's life-changing work. And uh, I'm going to be embracing more of that in 2021. And from that place, what will be birthed will always be in the highest potential for me, is my belief. Thank you. Amy, words of wisdom. Yeah, wow. I'm really aligned with you on that, Joe. I would say, um, you know, stop feeling like you got to hustle for your worth. Yeah, I feel like so many people are wearing like the, the overwhelmed busyness, like badge of honor. Like, I'm just so busy. I got so much going on. Busy, busy, busy. And, you know, we're enough. You know, we don't have to prove to the world our value by everything that we're doing and to just step back and get clear and honest with what our motivations are. I know that's what I've had to do deeply over the last 18 months is, you know, why am I doing what I'm doing? Why am I working myself to death? Why am I saying yes to everybody but myself and get clear on my motivation and to know the difference when it's really coming from a place of love and out of the genuine need to share and give with no expectation of return. And because ultimately that's so much more powerful, you know, love is the most powerful magnetic force in the universe that we know of. And I call it the pull. The pull is much stronger than the push. Right. You know, when we're, we're forcing it and we're trying and we're fighting and we're working and we're, you know, staying up too late and, you know, all the things we do and 400 cups of coffee, you know, like 
the I like to look at 2021 as the year that love is the wind in my sails. Love is what's giving me the the, the force to to live my life and and determines my activities during the day and what I say yes to and what I don't say yes to. And then sit back and let the miracles happen. Mm, amazing. And although none of you can see this, uh, Nicole is actually wearing a sweatshirt that says love right across the front of it in great big letters. So, all right. <laughs> and she's we're, sitting we're like all a very Buddha. aligned. <laughs> and so, um, Angie, words of advice, wisdom for you, from you for 2021. All we need is love. All we need is love. So what I wanted to just kind of reiterate and share, I think it was kind of a common theme with amongst all of us is, you know, to self-reflect, to breathe, to meditate if you know how to do that. I feel like that's the best thing someone can do is to learn how to stop and you know, be able to be awake while dreaming, you know, and be able to self-reflect in your life and to um, look around you and, you know, and, and feel what's going on inside you and, and say, what do I not like? As we've talked about what our feelings are and what needs to be changed. And the only way to do that is self-reflection and to, you know, becoming still, whether that means just sitting in a yoga, you know, meditative pose and, and doing, you know, just the OM mantra or whether it be, you know, the things we teach about in, through the Czech Institute, you know, learning how to do zone exercises. I think those are the most underrated things that we are taught. We teach that in HLC 1 and we forget about them. We, re, we review them in HLC 3 to remind us how important it is to just stop and breathe and move the body, you know, according to, you know, if you're going into flexion to exhale and as you go into extension to inhale and to move with your body and to you know, balance your biological oscillators. And I think that's so important and we forget that. And through that movement, as you know, we, uh, Ashley was talking about, whatever comes through, whatever comes out, you might say, oh, I remember to wash my car. That's great to remind myself that. Or I forgot to pay that bill. Whatever comes through at that time is so important just to re relax and to feel and experience. And sometimes it might even be more divine. You might actually hear uh, conversations with an angel or a spirit guide or or something within. And so, you know, those things are so important. So Tai Chi practices, which we teach about in HLC2 training and learning how to move the body in simple methods so that you can go into no mind. And so we can get out of the monkey mind. And so I think the Tai Chi we teach in HLC2 is one of the most effective things we teach in terms of that, because there's so many Tai Chi practices out there that are through these steps and do this step and then that step and that step. And that's more thinking. And it's like, no, we need to get out of that mind. And it might take us two or three years to become a Tai Chi master. And it's like, we need to be still now. And so Paul's t teachings of how to just move the body in one simple movement so that we can get into the no mind right now is so important. And so those of you who already know how to do that, uh, you continue to do it and teach others how to do that and to learn how to become still. You know, when we become still, our brain actually creates more neural synapses and more connections inside it so that we have more ways to see things differently when a situation arises. So if you only have a few neurons synapsing together, you can only do a certain thing one way and you get frustrated because it doesn't work. And so 
as we create more neural synapses in the brain, you go, ah, how about doing it this way? Or maybe I can do it that way. Or how about this way? And all of a sudden you realize there's many, many ways to do things. And if it's not working, well, how can I switch it so it does work? And, and you know, staying aligned with your dream and saying, I want this and I know that I can get it. I just have to focus on it, breathe, and remember what's true to me. And so for 2021, it's all about bringing that into alignment to say being still enough to be able, brave enough to be who you are and to go forward with your dream and be relentless, you know, to be able to say, this is who I am and this is what I want and go for it and to seize the day. Uh Yeah, right. (laughs) Even if you have to make some really tough cuts. Absolutely. Some big waves. Love it. That's that's what living's about, isn't it? It's like, you know, if you look in the hospital, if you see a flat line, that's dead, you know? So sometimes the ups and downs is what makes life exciting, you know? And that's what's living and saying, I did that. I went all this, I had moments of extreme sadness, but now I have moments of extreme joyness. It's like, how do you know what joy is until you've had sadness? And so you have to have that polarity. And so experiencing that. And so when you're at your lowest low, think, Think great spirit and say, you know what? This is awesome because I know that if I can experience the lowest of lows, I can now experience the highest of highs. And we all recognize that we've all been at one point in our lowest points in our life. And we all brought ourselves out. And here we are now thinking about those moments and recognizing, yeah. And when that wave comes again and we might fall low again, we don't know what 2021 is going to bring. But to remind ourselves to ride that wave and recognize that we can can get through this. And can I just piggyback on that with like, some of us are at a high. And I think more importantly, right now, many of us can be at that low and going into 2021 with compassion. And if you've got enough, don't hoard more. Like how can you give your neighbor a roll of toilet paper and, (laughs) or whatever those things are like service is, is going to be so important. I think that we're all in this together and, and that compassion of reaching down the ladder and pulling your brother or your sister raising the vibration by giving what we our gifts give our gifts to the world and i forgot who it was amy or joe who said earlier like just everybody's going to be different and think different um uh, i forgot what exactly you said but it was just know that everyone has their own story their own narrative and um opinion and facts and their own truth and those are all very valid and that is okay um and you can still be compassionate and giving and serving to the all even if some of that all is does does not agree with you um or have the same opinions or values etc etc you know if it ain't got that swing it don't mean a thing (laughs) Well, I said that first backwards, isn't it? The other way around? Either way, <laughs> same thing. <laughs> yes, indeed. We we are. If everyone was the same, life would be extremely boring. So, so boring. Unless everyone was like Paul Check. No, no. Then life no. would just be <laughs> no. extremely challenging and busy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> 
everybody. So thank you so much for your time today. And this has been such a great conversation. I hope all the listeners have enjoyed this as much as I have. Thank you, Amy. Thank you, Joe. Thank you, Ashley. Thank you, Nicole. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you, Angie. Um, I really appreciate the time you've taken to sit and talk about these things with us. Um, to all the listeners out there, I hope you've enjoyed this somewhat change of style and pace in the Living 4D with Paul Check podcast this week. Um, we would love to know what you think. Um, Paul will be back. Have no fear of that um, next week. And in the meantime, please ponder on uh, some of the, the wisdom that you've heard today. How can you apply this in your own life? How can you apply this in the life of your family, your friends, your clients, uh, whoever you may be directly influenced by or influencing yourself? And uh, to everybody listening and not listening, we wish you a very happy, healthy, inspirational close of 2020 and even more so in 2021. Thank you for listening to this episode of Living 4D with Paul Check. Except this week, it was with me, Penny Crozier, and today's guests, Angie Check, Nicole Devaney, Amy Fournier, Sarah Gustafson, Ashley Mazarek, and Joe Rushton. You can find Angie online at angiesworld.com or email her directly at angiesworld@me.com. Grab a copy of her book, Body by Angie, at amazon.com. Nicole's website is at nicoledevaney.com, where you can get a copy of The Beauty of Balance, a step-by-step guide to help women become clear on their goals within all areas of life. Just click on the Gifts tab. Connect with Nicole on Instagram at Nicole the Czech Goddess or on Facebook at The Czech Goddess. Listen to Amy's new podcast, Awakening Aphrodite, on Apple Podcasts or get a free mini ebook with three of Amy's top 10 tips from her latest ebook, Foundations in Fat Loss, by joining her email list at amyfournier.com. That's A M Y F O U R. N-I-E-R.com. She's also on Instagram and Facebook at FitAmyTV. You can find Sarah on Instagram at Primal underscore Fusion and at Women Who Raise Health or visit her website at PrimalFusionHealth.com. If you're interested in taking Sarah's online course, Holistic Health and Performance for Women, go to https colon forward slash forward slash bit.ly forward slash HHP women. That's bit.ly forward slash capital H, capital H, capital P, capital W O M E N. Ashley has a podcast called Balanced Body, which you can find on her website at balancedbod.com. Connect with her on Instagram at balancedbody.ashley or on Facebook at Ashley's Good Cheese Circle. Joe has just opened registrations for her next Master's Way Path of Light course. Go to her website, joannarushton.com forward slash product forward slash the hyphen masters hyphen way for details and to register. Find her on Instagram at joe underscore rushton underscore or on Facebook at joanna.rushton52. 
For more contact details on all our guests today, as well as the special offers and gifts, please visit the show notes for this episode at checkinstitute.com forward slash podcast and click on the button to read the Living 4D episode notes. Follow Paul on Instagram and Twitter at Living 4D Podcast or on his YouTube podcast channel, youtube.com forward slash Living 4D with Paul Check. You can watch more on Paul's blog at paulchecksblog.com and the Czech Institute's new streaming media site, chikiva.com. 